Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast. I am your host back in the basement on a solo mission. It's been a while. My last solo missions, I believe, were my weekly reviews of Ring of Honor Wrestling, but they sort of went in the tank a little bit, became a little bit of a chore to cover, and then knowing that they were taking a hiatus or going away forever, we're not quite sure which, according to them, it's a hiatus for three months. I just sort of let my coverage of them lapse, but it's Boxing Day and I watched AEW Rampage and my wife got me for Christmas a new microphone that I am dying to try out. So a confluence of events has led me back down to here in the basement to talk about some wrestling with you. So thank you if you're a new listener, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Normally it's myself and my son who's a wrestling obsessed teenager who joins me on Saturdays for what we call our flagship show where we talk about AEW Dynamite and I go over NXT, he's given up on it. We started looking at NXT UK, maybe a quick look at Impact, just whatever sort of we've seen out of the week's wrestling, definitely AEW every week though. And so I've done the odd solo mission where I'll watch some things my son doesn't watch and just I enjoy coming down here and talking into a microphone and putting it out there into the universe, so I decided to do that today to sort of test drive this mic and talk about some wrestling with you guys. So enough babbling from me. I hope everybody that celebrates had a great Christmas and is having a restful holiday. But let's get into talking about the Christmas Day edition of AEW Dynamite. Pretty sure I said Dynamite there. I apologize. What I meant was Rampage. It's just force of habit. I'm used to covering Dynamite and have never covered Rampage specifically in its own podcast, so forgive me. But I am talking about Rampage, and it was the Christmas Day episode, so I came down here. We've got Taz, Excalibur, and Ricky Starks are on commentary for this one. And to start out, Isaiah Cassidy is already in the ring while Jungle Boy gets his usual televised entrance. Um, He's taped in his midsection, his ribs, and his one of his legs, I guess his quad, just to sort of indicate that he has some lingering injuries. And we do get Jungle Boy taking on Isaiah Cassidy in the opening match on Rampage this week. So Jungle Boy won a pretty decent back and forth match. He ended up applying the snare trap to close this match in about just about nine minutes. Um, and I was, this match was pretty good, like nothing wrong for an opener all on this show. I was enjoying it um, until I guess the factions kind of got involved on the outside and uh, Christian Cage ended up hitting a spear on um, Hardy and Luchasaurus took out, I think, the other people involved. Um, it's just kind of something that's overdone in wrestling at this point, right? That the heels uh, faction or group is trying to get involved. The baby faces end up fighting them off. And then that allows the baby face, who in this case should be winning regardless, to sort of get the win. Um, so it's not exactly like they helped Jungle Boy pick up the win, but there was definitely a large distraction outside the ring before the finish to the match happened. So I guess the point is here that Jungle Boy also was suffering um, somewhat significantly from those multiple injuries, I suppose, so maybe that factored into it as well. But I was liking the match quite a bit until all of the stuff on the outside with the other people involved. Not enough to say I didn't like the match, because I still did. I just thought that portion of it was unnecessary. But a pretty good opening match, I thought. Cassidy got to showcase quite a bit here. And I mean, the outcome was never in doubt. We knew that there was no universe where Jungle Boy wasn't winning this. Um, and I would consider this AEW's B show, so I think this was a pretty good opener. Um, and I mean, Jungle Boy, again, I say it a lot, he seems kind of incapable of having a bad match at this point. Um, 
commentary, I forget who specifically, but I made a note that they talked about how these two are basically the same age and have the same amount of experience wrestling. So that kind of tells you how advanced Jungle Boy is because he looks a lot better. He just has a different sort of charisma as well um, that Cassidy just doesn't have so far. And I mean, Cassidy has tons of potential. I think he's probably got a pretty bright future, but Jungle Boy is already a star, like a major star in this promotion build as one of the four pillars of the company, right? So, and I mean, the crowd loves him too. So just an interesting insight into sort of two guys of the same age, similar experience and, and how they can be so different at this point in their careers. We then get a recap of the MJF Dante Martin situation with Ricky Starks getting involved to screw Dante Martin over, out of um, the diamond ring match. I guess he put, I think he pulled uh, MJF's foot onto the ropes, right? And then MJF went on to win with the salt of the earth. So that's where we stand there. Uh, Starks then speaks briefly from the commentary table. I think, I can't remember if he left or not, but anyways, he basically talks about how Dante Martin has screwed himself and Team Taz over in the past, um, as well as how he's not going to give him the opportunity to do that again in the future sort of thing. Um, and I've had an issue of with this storyline for quite a while now, this whole idea that Dante Martin pretends to align with Team Taz, signs a contract with Team Taz, accomplishes nothing during that a very brief time he's contracted, and then turns on them all to try and win a ring that earns him nothing else, right? Like, I've always been saying, it's, if it were a title shot or something else involved, then it might make a bit more sense. But to do all of this just to try and win a ring seems a little bit... Um, it's, it misses for me, I'll, I'll put it that way. So even Taz, it felt like, was struggling here because he seemed to question it as they sort of played this package. He said he didn't know what happened he'd have to look into the contract that Martin signed. Like, basically, he's kind of going, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. See, this guy signed a contract and then immediately turned on us. So anyways, uh, I think it's hard for Taz not to look kind of stupid the way that this has been laid out. It feels like AEW chance, changed plans maybe midway, decided not to have Dante in Team Taz or something for whatever reason, because it feels like they blew through this story or changed it on the fly to me. Uh, a rare time the AEW story has been sort of lacking, in in my opinion. We then get a Miro promo, and it's back with the all-white background, like he's almost in heaven or something, like it would be on a standard TV show sort of situation. But anyways, um, and it was the standard effective Miro promo that it actually got, I think, more time on this much shorter show than it did on Dynamite. So uh, basically, I guess in summary, he's angry about his loss feels it's unacceptable, obviously. He is coming back, returning with no flaws, and no one can stop him. Redemption comes with a smile instead of a price, so everyone will look at him and ask what has been done. Uh, he talks about someone ha not having the balls and sitting up there because of their power, but being filled with fear. And then he closes, of course, by promising that they will feel the joy from him or the shame from themselves. And uh, ends with his, this is the word from the Redeemer line. So I still enjoy these promos. All of them feel very similar, but I think it's just he's figured out this character and pretty much mastered it. And he kind of walks the line. He's obviously really serious and intimidating for a bunch of these, but he generally will throw out a comedic line as well. It's something that's just a little bit amusing. And I find there's not many performers that are doing that so consistently. So He's doing that more than I think anyone else is. So I still really enjoy these promos. And I like this one. It got, like I said, I think it was longer than a standard one, but in his standard tone and um, some good stuff from him. 
you can then hear the crowd in the background chanting for Hook uh, ahead of his match that is upcoming. And man, this kid is over. And I'll talk about my feelings about him just to prepare you. My teenage son, who I would think would be in the demographic for Hook, is not a huge fan of Hook so far. Hasn't really seen much of him because he's not been catching Rampage. But he, I, I would say confidently that he doesn't quite see what the attraction is at this point. So I'll talk about whether I agree with him or not when I finish talking about the match. So it is Hook taking on Bear Bronson in this one. And to no one's surprise, Hook wins the match with his Red Rum submission in just over three minutes. So this was a very quick one. Uh, I thought Hook looked good again. And he's somebody al- he's somehow already made just a huge connection with the crowd, right? Like they love this guy. There's signs for him all over the place. And I would say most people would characterize me as a pretty contrary person by nature. But I have to admit that I'm on board with the Hook love. I texted my son after watching this match and him leave the ring and I texted, Hook is dope. And uh, I think his reply was, okay, or something like that. But he's a pretty fascinating character at this point. He's just this really aloof kid. He's never spoken. He just stands there and eats chips and then kills people in the ring with the combination of like cool looking submissions and pretty sweet suplexes. Um, I mean, for his second match, apparently ever, the kid looks great. I thought Bronson did a good job. He started to lean into being a heel here once he realized um, how hot this crowd was. I think he's going for like eye gouges and doing taking other short shortcuts like that, which I thought was a good decision as well. Um, the one issue I have if I'm nitpicking is Bronson hit at one point it was like a he went from a, not a fireman's carry, he's got him slung over his shoulder and then quickly executes a sit-out pile driver. It's like um, Shane Taylor's finisher in um, Ring of Honor that I really like. But anyways, it's a huge-looking, impactful move. And he absolutely, Hook that is, no-sold this and just popped right up from it. So I don't know if that degree of, he's already super over, He I don't think he needs to get into like Hulk Hogan levels of not selling a move, but it didn't bother me a ton. Regardless of that, this kid is, he's pretty captivating. There's something about him. Um, and for a second ever match, like I said, he did an admirable job here. His presentation has been amazing. They haven't rushed anything. They just kept putting him on the screen in the background, not saying anything until fans started calling for him, right? And now the big thing is send hook is going to be probably on t-shirts and stuff. And it's a, a really simple slogan that he's got. So I don't know, this kid's impressive. I, my son and I are going to disagree on him for quite a while, probably. He may change his mind once he sees a bit more of him, but I'm on board with Hook at this point, and I think they're sort of using him um, pretty perfectly so far. Just little bits, nothing too quick yet. The only other thing I would add to that is Tony Nice was shown in the crowd watching this match, so I would assume that this would be Hook's first kind of major challenge where he's going to be taken a bit longer in a match than three minutes and we'll see what he can do but I, I don't know he looks all signs indicate that he's ready so that looks like it'll be Tony Nice and Hook in the near future probably. We then get a quick back and forth promos from Eddie Kingston and 2.0 with Daniel Garcia responded sort of just standard stuff ahead of their trios match Eddie Kingston getting talking about getting Ortiz and Santana for this one and 2.0 uh, doing their normal thing, talking about, I think they mentioned taking out Chris Jericho and how the same might happen to Kingston, something like that. Pretty standard stuff, but I always enjoy the kind of back and forth promos are my favorite style, so I had no issue with this. It was quick. We then go to Layla Hirsch taking on Chris Statlander. Uh, both of them are already in the ring, and I am just made a note of that because it's 
they pack a lot into at least this episode of Rampage. I, I'm not a regular watcher yet. I may start because um, I did quite enjoy this show, but they pack a lot of stuff into this. So in this one hour show, I guess just cutting out both people's entrances in this case saves them a little bit of time that they, um, I would argue, used wisely somewhere else. So I don't have an issue with this. I, it definitely doesn't feel like an A show. But uh, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, to be honest. They can embrace that and, and run with it easily. So Chris Statlander, no surprise here either. She wins this match with her pretty cool-looking spider crab submission. This one was about six minutes long. Uh, I enjoyed the match. I really like Layla Hirsch, and I, I do like Statlander as well. Um, I mean, Statlander was always going to win this match, but I thought Layla Hirsch looked good in a loss. She hit tons of believable offense on a much larger Statlander, and she's kind of... She just has that amateur background. Everything kind of looks realistic. Um, I quite enjoy Hirsch. There were some cool suplexes and submissions in this, a really long delayed vertical from Statlander. I thought these two worked pretty well together. The crowd also seems to connect with Hirsch a little bit. I, I can see why, right? She just offers for me something different with her, her build, her physical stature, and her style, right? She just comes across like a shooter, just an amateur wrestler who kind of like Brock Lesnar or any of the the strong uh, amateur wrestlers that have made the transition. So I quite enjoy watching her. I think Statlander needs to still improve in some areas. I find I'm always saying this, but she has really cool looking offense and she's really strong. So uh, she's pretty fun to watch too. I enjoyed this match. At the end, the only other notable here is that Statlander tried to, Statlander celebrated a bit on the ropes in the corner, then went down to shake Hirsch's hand and Hirsch slapped it away to a bit of a reaction from the crowd. So I'm kind of hoping that we're going to get some sort of clearer character for Hirsch coming out of this, partly because that's just helpful, any depth to people, a character in wrestling I like, but also it would probably be a sign that they're a little bit serious about her or that she's going to continue going forward and they want to give her a bit of character. So I'm hopeful that that goes somewhere. But yeah, overall, I like the match. We then get the split screen sort of main event interview with Mark Henry. I guess this has sort of become his tra his trademark over the last little while on Rampage again. I don't know if I've seen it, maybe once before. But anyways, uh, so he starts to talk and Arn Anderson cuts him off and says it's not about Henry, it's about the champ. So he turns his attention to speaking to Guevara and says that Guevara shouldn't want to fight with someone who's pissed off, and I guess Cody is pissed off. So Guevara just sort of cuts him off and says that he's pissed off too, and that people talk about this being a much bigger opportunity for him than it is for Cody. And he says that maybe that was true two years ago, a bit basically now this is a bigger match for Cody I kind of like that line like he's not a kid anymore you know it's it's a couple years from his debut so this is a, he's defending sort of thing anyways um, Mark Henry then said his line of whatever about the main event and away we go so I, I thought this was fine it was pretty quick nothing I mean fairly generic but solid I, again I like the back and forth nature of these so I don't think it really added anything but uh, it was these I could see why they like these little packages ahead of the match it was fine so the main event is Cody taking on Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. Uh, so this one I took a few notes on just because it was a fairly significant match. So uh, more than just telling you who won on this one a little bit. So bear with me. Uh, Sammy started it really quickly right away. And then Cody, to me, like a heel that he is, escapes to the floor. And I know that's the, the thing right now is he's saying he's not a heel, but the crowd reacts to him as if he is. And I, I find it rather fascinating if I'm being honest. Uh, there's already a Cody sucks chant early on in this. He hits a Cody cutter out of nowhere. Um, a little bit later, Arn saves Cody from a shooting star press from Sammy off the apron. So Sammy just 
lands on the floor from the apron. Uh, we then get a delayed vertical by Cody, but he misses a moonsault to follow up. And Taz, I thought, sort of rightly questions Cody because he had been working Sammy's arm for quite a while here, and Sammy had been selling it, and Cody sort of left the arm to go high risk and, and miss. So I thought that was a fair commentary from Taz there. We get a springboard cutter that's off the top rope by Sammy for a two count. And then he hits a crossroads to Cody, and Cody rolls out to the floor again to escape. Um, Sammy goes for a springboard 450 from one top rope across the corner to the other top, 450 to the floor. Uh, as they say, he didn't get all of it, but I mean, crazy impressive to even attempt it, and everybody looked okay and safe, so overall it was an impressive move, I guess. Uh, Cody then catches Sammy, I think he was going for a Hurricane Rana on the floor, and Sammy just... Uh, Sorry, Cody just throws Sammy into the crowd, and we get AE dub chance uh, breakout at that point. We head back into the ring for a disaster kick as boos are now raining down on Cody. A crossroads by Cody. Sammy took this one like a champ, I thought, like, looked like he got dropped right on his head, but he does manage to kick out of this first crossroads. Then Sammy hits the GTH for a near fall after he had escaped from an avalanche inverted suplex. Uh, really believable good near fall, and we get some This Is Awesome chance now breaking out. Then Cody eventually gets his knees up as Sammy's going for the 630. Knees up by Cody, two crossroads, looks at the crowd, does the double underhooks, maybe teasing a um, pedigree just because it's Cody. But instead he hits the Tiger Driver 98, wins the match, and reclaims the TNT title in a match that was just over 15 minutes. So I thought this was an excellent match. Really strong main event for Rampage. Early on, it was the, the story was basically that Cody's trying to ground Sammy, get him on the mat, apply submission, slow him down because Sammy's smaller and faster. And Sammy's trying to obviously pick up the pace and hit some quick strike offense and some high-risk stuff mixed in. So that was a cool little story. And then things just kind of picked up and it became more back and forth with near falls for each man that were believable. I have no issue that I kind of like, actually, that AEW booked the title change here on what I would again call their B show and not to be insulting. I think that's just what it is, and that's fine. I don't really have an issue with Cody becoming the champion at all. Um, I do really like Sammy Guevara, but I, if I'm being honest, I expected more out of him as a babyface and specifically a babyface champion. Um, I thought he would be way more over than this. I thought... Um, it was sort of going to make him and he was going to be this lengthy champion, but I have no issue with taking the title off him at this point. The way his title run has gone so far, I don't think having the, the belt has really added anything to his presentation or to the belt. And I'm not trying to be insulting because again, I really do like Sammy, but I don't think this title runs has worked for him. And on Cody, on the other hand, he's super hot with the crowd right now. He's doing what I consider a heel character that denies being a heel and claims that he'll never become a heel, all while just knowing he's winding up the crowd. So I'm not the hugest Cody fan in some regards, but I have to admit, I've always said, if he actually embraces being a heel, which I know he isn't technically, but he kind of is because he knows what he's doing, um, then I would probably get on board with him. And I kind of am at this point. So I think he can do a lot with and for the belt. So this title change actually makes sense to me. And I really did enjoy the match. I thought it was a an excellent like 15 minute match on this show in a main event. So my overall thoughts, pretty terrific one hour wrestling show, I would say. And I comparing it to other solo missions I've done on the podcast where I've re reviewed Ring of Honor, right? Um, just this was far more enjoyable show to watch. 
more easier to take notes on, uh, easier to talk about. This company actually has, and I'm not trying to be too mean because I did, I do like Ring of Honor. There's a place for Ring of Honor, but comparing, um, watching and reviewing the two shows, like AEW has characters and storylines. They also have two more hours of TV each week to develop these things, and they do a good job of it for the most part. While Ring of Honor was trying to fit everything into one hour each week, so I understand that's hugely limiting. But I think the result is a much easier product in AEW to consume and sort of enjoy. Um, so I thought this episode of Rampage flew by. I love the ratio of wrestling to promos. There were a few quick promos uh, mixed in here with Miro's, I would say, being the longest. But lots, it felt like a lot of in-ring time. And all of the matches were enjoyable in their own way, right? Like even a three-minute match with Hook, I enjoyed. The women's match, I enjoyed. And the opener in the main event. The main event was excellent. The opener was was good. So that's a pretty strong show. And the Miro promo I enjoyed. And all of the other promos were fine, at least. So for a one-hour show, it'd be hard for me not to give this episode an A. So that's what I give it. Um, I mean, we got a hook match, a great main event, and a title change in one hour of a television program. So that is an A show for me for sure. So that's going to bring me to the end of this solo mission just talking about some AEW Rampage trying out a new microphone so if you'd like to let me know your feelings on this show on the podcast on the sound out of this microphone on wrestling in general whatever you can contact us fnswrestling at gmail.com that comes to me fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast is our Instagram excuse me which is managed by my teenage son or if you're listening on YouTube you can just leave a comment there I promise to reply Really do appreciate any support you can give, any sort of subscribing, sharing, liking, whatever those things are on, depending on your platform, would be much appreciated, as well as just tell somebody about us if you like what we do. Um, We're still having fun doing it, so anyways, we will be back here on Saturday for the flagship show, which is episode 76 coming up. Don't think we'll have anything before, oh, we might be hitting our best of worst of. Not sure when they're coming out, but they'll be out at some point soon, so look out for those. Those are always really fun ones. But definitely back on Saturday for episode 76. So look forward to seeing you then, and until then, take care.